Dear listeners, welcome to Faces of Digital Health, a podcast about digital health and how healthcare systems adopt technologies. I am your host, Tiasha Zaitz, and this is the second part of a series about digital health in Africa. The previous episode brought a glimpse into the healthcare in Tanzania, and today the discussion will go around Nigeria. As of 2016, Nigeria was Africa's largest economy and most populous nation. By 2050, Nigeria is expected to be one of the 10 largest economies in the world. Healthcare-wise, the country is in dire need for reform and reinforcement in their medical forces. According to the World Bank, there are 0.4 doctors per 1,000 people and 1.5 nurses and midwives per 1,000 people in the country. Many people seek medical care abroad and, as explained by today's speaker, Ochoche Ubenji, many doctors wish to seek professional opportunities outside the country. Ochoche is a medical doctor and the founder of Nymedics Ecosystem, a blockchain project aiming to improve healthcare in Nigeria through technology and online solutions, enabling patients to own their data and share it with whom they wish in the healthcare sector. In this discussion, Ochoche talks about the state of healthcare in Nigeria, his experience as an MD, and what motivates him to be a doctor. Apologies for the poor audio quality in this tape. Do go to www.facesofdigitalhealth.com to find the recap of the show in writing. The link is also in the show notes. Ochoche, you are an MD, an intern with the Benu State University Technical Teaching Hospital. Can you... Tell me a little bit about what you do in your clinical practice and how your environment looks like if you compared it to Western modern hospitals. The Benusi University Teaching Hospital is um, a tertiary institution. It's supposed to be not just the biggest, they offer most services in terms of both medical and surgical care in every state. Nigeria as a country actually runs um, a three different levels of government. You have the federal, you have the state, and you have the local governments. For every state, you have tertiary institutions like the university teaching hospital, which are supposed to be the biggest both in terms of services. Everything you can find or you're supposed to find in the medical center should be in a tertiary institution. So the British State University Teaching Hospital is actually the biggest both in service, in size, in the state. My learning environment, actually, because I'm still in learning, my learning environment is one of the best in the country, yet you cannot really compare to what is obtainable in the West. I've not really been to so many places in the West, but we have counterparts in the West we talk to, we ask how they learn and the environment. There is a sharp contrast with what is obtainable here in terms of equipment, opportunities, and a whole lot of, there are differences. 
Anytime you read a report about healthcare in Nigeria, it's basically hard to find anything good. In fact, there's nothing good written about Nigerian healthcare system. According to the World Bank, there's only 0.4 doctors per 1,000 people and 1.5 nurses and midwives per 1,000 people. And a report by PwC about Nigerian healthcare says that the healthcare is poor and the fact that the care is poor has reinforced the belief among the population that Nigerian healthcare is somewhat substandard and this is a quote should be avoided whenever an alternative can be found so there's a lot of medical tourism so people search for medical care abroad what's your perspective how come you are still insisting in the system what are the moves forward to improve the current situation Yes, I, I agree a lot of things are, are bad at the moment because uh, currently you have over 200 million inhabitants of the country, rather 200 million inhabitants in the country with only about 30 to 35,000 doctors. You find different data everywhere. You hear, you see 35,000 in some places and you see 30,000 in some places. So I assume we are within that range of having um, 35,000 doctors per 200 million individuals. So you can see that there's a really short supply of doctors in the country. What's your motivation to pursue medicine in Nigeria? My journey started like 18 years ago. I just graduated from secondary school. I was bursting with energy. I wanted to do something, make an impact. Medicine has always been something from childhood, I was being called a doctor. I don't know why. So I picked it up. I wanted to study medicine. So 18 years ago, I started applying to study medicine in Nigeria. It's very, very difficult in Nigeria to study medicine. I wrote the qualification exams seven times. I kept on writing over and over till finally I got um, entry to study medicine in the Benue State University. I'm just saying this to give you um, an insight how the whole learning process of becoming a doctor affects the total number of doctors we have. The infrastructure on ground is not really enough to produce the number of doctors Nigeria need per population. That's um, the point I'm driving at. So after a long time trying to get into med school, I got into medical school. And for the next eight, nine years, I'm struggling to get out of medical school. If, if you put in perspective the number of doctors graduating from medical schools in Nigeria in one year and the number of children born in Nigeria in one year, you see the sharp difference in, in the increase in population, reduced number of, of doctors. It's really going to be difficult to have enough doctors to meet the demand of Nigerians. It's not as bad as as international observers say, yes, it's a very bad situation, but Nigeria is not a dead trap. I insist and I believe in the Nigerian healthcare system because I have very qualified professionals teaching me. All this while, I have been studying, trying to make a difference. And what I discovered is still the same. Sorting healthcare abroad for those that can afford it is for reasons of efficiency, not for quality efficiency in the sense that okay i want to go to a facility that is efficient that i get to run tests when i have to run my test and and so on and so forth in nigeria that can be a bit of a problem because hospitals are overcrowded in the first place the equipments are 
even if not old, they are not really what you find in the West. So efficiency is really, really um, a problem in Nigeria. There are three systems of healthcare del- delivery in Nigeria, orthodox, alternative and traditional. Can you explain a little bit what are the differences between these three systems? What is meant by traditional? Are uh, witch doctors also still present in Nigeria as in some other uh, African countries? Very present. I think there are um, public systems. There are private for profit systems, there are community based organizations and you have the traditional um healers as you say. It's it's unfortunate at this age we are still talking about traditional healers. That was why I mentioned on our site that we are still in the stone age in medicine. We have traditional healers. Maybe we can stop there just a little bit to uh, illustrate what traditional healers actually are. I was in Uganda a few years ago as a, as a volunteer and followed an anthropologist who was doing a PhD on witch doctors in Uganda. So from an outsider perspective, these healers weren't really even herbalists. It was more like spiritual, magical, belief-based healing. Can you tell me a bit more how traditional healers work in um, in Nigeria? I don't think it's far from what you find in Uganda. It's, um, a lot of Nigerians still believe in spiritual powers because of the difficulties they face in accessing quality healthcare, healthcare in general, not even quality, because of the difficulties they face, they resort to these spiritual healers, not necessarily witch doctors. You see some very bad cases, go to church for prayers and order. Nigeria is very, very multicultural. You don't find a clear-cut definition of witch doctors or traditional healers. You find some places where they use herbs, You find some places that's faith-based and so on. So how is the what we call modern medicine developing uh, in Nigeria? Is it true that in the classical healthcare system, less than 10% of people are, have health insurance? I think for health insurance, it's far worse than that. The last that I have, I know very well that only about um, 2% to 3% have health insurance covers. That I am, I am sure of that. Is the rest uh, all out-of-pocket expenses? Yes, you have uh, over over seventy percent out-of-pocket expense for healthcare. You have another seven percent by Federal Ministry of Health, and you have about four percent by the hospital management boards. And the public health insurance actually is at two percent. Okay, so when we described everything that we just um, described about Nigeria, it's kind of hard to imagine how can you contrast that with modern technology and digital health, which is also uh, developing in Nigeria. One data that I found was that there are around 70 digital health uh, startups in the country. Can you illustrate a little bit what kind of solutions are startups and technological companies developing? What kind of problems are they addressing? Because the problems are different than in the developed countries. In the developed country, you find telemedicine appealing or rather effective to get to some aspects of the population but in in nigeria most startups i know of are 
offering telemedicine services, which, in my opinion, will not be very, very effective. It will not be effective despite smartphone penetration and technology penetration. Generally, you go to very deep villages, you have mobile phone networks. Um, telemedicine will still not um, suffice for a nation like Nigeria for so many reasons. People still believe in the face-to-face contact um, system. They want to see a doctor. Most people want to see a doctor. They want to have something done. And the kind of problems they actually have, not problems you can find a solution to or proper solution to online. For instance, most of the problems you find around here may be surgical problems. There is no way you can deal with a surgical problem via telemedicine, which makes the majority of the conditions you have. Then infectious disease is something else to talk about. So in the Western societies, you find more challenges with non-communicable diseases, chronic diseases like diabetes, hypertension. But in contrast, back here, you are dealing with conditions like tuberculosis and a whole lot of other um, communicable diseases. So you actually need to see doctors. And these doctors are in short supply. So telemedicine is not enough. So in our opinion, in my opinion, um, we have to build capacity. Most of the facilities that are built in Nigeria were built for political expedience. Somebody just built a very big hospital because it's going to rob their political ego to make them look good without having doctors to put in them. Even if we have a thousand hospitals in Nigeria today, we don't have a thousand doctors to put in them. What exactly is the government doing to improve the state of healthcare in the country? That will be very difficult to see any um, proactive measure from the government because most of the time they are um, rather reacting to outbreaks of diseases, management of already existing diseases and expenses trying to rehabilitate people with chronic diseases. So given the budgetary allocation for, for healthcare, which is constantly dropping technically, I say technically because they may increase funding, but relative to the population growth, our population is projected to be growing about 2.83% annually, which is very, very massive. So no matter the funding, the relationship between the number of doctors and the patient is still a gap. Where do you see the role of technology um, in this whole story? You already said that you have your doubts regarding telemedicine. Um, the solution that you are building is connected to blockchain and AI. So there's a really sharp contrast with that technology to the situation that you're currently in. And um, one of the hopes around blockchain uh, in Africa is that it would prevent Africa from being a black hole for developmental resources. So how do you see the potential impact of blockchain, which is quite widely um, talked about um, in Nigeria? You are uh, only one of the many um, healthcare companies that are healthcare startups that are working with blockchain. There's at least three of them. A reason for looking at blockchain is for so many reasons, but the most paramount of them is fraud. The, the blockchain and the distributed ledger technology has, as it, as it is, as a property, it's transparent. It allows for collaboration. So in Nigeria, 
I'll give you a short description of healthcare financing in Nigeria since 2010. The federal government has spent between 160 to 267 billion naira, the World Bank 500 million naira, Nigeria State of Health Investment Project, the NSHIP, supported by the World Bank, spent $150 million. Norway in 2014 gave about $15 million US dollars. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation have spent over $1.5 billion. The UNFPA and Canada, $992 million naira. And all, despite all these spendings, it's a paradox that the healthcare system continues to go down. Things continue to go bad. So we know that fraud is a big challenge in Nigeria and Africa generally. So using the blockchain technology, it gives us an advantage to check some of these problems. At the same time, it gives room for the unemployed to collaborate. There are so many spendings by the youth which are not employed gainfully. Sports betting is what billions of dollars in Nigeria. Our idea is to connect this unemployed youth to these overqualified professionals, either leaving the country, um, resulting to brain drain, or even the medical tourism itself, people leaving the country to sort out um, better services. So we are looking at um, blockchain technology because of those properties it has. We want to introduce the blockchain technology into already existing business models. We have spoken to a couple of healthcare facilities that are willing to to use the technology, the distributed ledger technology for openness. If only we can pull together funds, which is um, mostly or rather one of the interesting factors of the blockchain technology to collaborate with people far and wide, not just from Nigeria, from all over the world. People that think um, healthcare in Nigeria is going to be worth something can invest from wherever they are. So that's what we think we're using the blockchain for. What is the situation of digital health startups when it comes to funding? Where do you search for funding in Nigeria? Is it local investors? How much money from outside is coming in the country? Because a lot of uh, companies from the West see uh, Africa or India as potential markets for their solutions. Yes, funding so far, the Nemedics ecosystem has been directly funded by every team member. We fund directly from our pockets. We need government grants. Though there are opportunities for us to get grants from the government, but we have still not explored that. We want to um, have a product before we approach the government because as one of the prerequisites for you to have a product, so we're still in the building phase of our ecosystem. Even though we're talking to hospitals, see how we can collaborate with them. We're still building. So um, Africa is is actually um, a potential for investing in healthcare. What uh, are other digital health startups that are in the country addressing? What kind of solutions do they design? What kind of problems are they trying to solve? Can you uh, name a few examples? So um, I know Medilife um, is talking about telemedicine, even though they may have their strategy. I still don't think it's going to penetrate the market. And there is another working on electronic health records. 
which is Quora Network. Uh, I still also have my doubts about um, electronic health record systems in Nigeria. Why? Why do you have doubts? Because I know we don't have the infrastructure for that in the first place. If we must move to a level where we talk about electronic health records and telemedicine, we must first of all get the people to adopt this technology in the first place. We must lay down an infrastructure. Do you think that you're going to skip that stage, you know, of using EHRs on desktop computers or laptops and just switch to some solutions that go that's going to be mobile-based and cloud-based? Yes, we, we are going to be working on that, but we have a real problem at hand. We have a real challenge at hand, which is people needing more than health records. People need care. Mortality rates are high. I don't even know where to start describing it from. We need we need to expand capacity. We need to empower doctors, nurses, laboratory scientists directly. We believe you need to start from somewhere. So for for so many reasons we have picked the Benue State University Chin Hospital for this startup. We're going to be talking to them and showing them what we have. For okay, I'll give you I'll give you a short example. Power in Nigeria is a big problem, a very, very big problem. But Nimedic's ecosystem has found a way to generate renewable green power from the river that's just behind Tichin Hospital without affecting the environment. We're looking at using a vortex power to generate electricity for the facility 247. And we can begin to expand from there. If we cut costs in power, we can use that to something else. We can use that to something else. And we begin to build. We can attract more doctors. How would you compare the Nigerian healthcare system to other healthcare systems in Africa? Right now, according to um, statistics, Nigeria is doing quite badly, if I must say. And there are so many reasons why Nigeria is doing that badly. Um, partly because of demographics, population growth. Um, secondly, uh, political instability um, leading to this sharp discrepancy in the socio-economic status of, of Nigerians here and there. And climate factors. These are factors that make um, Nigeria suffer more than most of the African countries in, in terms of healthcare generally. What are your expectations or hopes regarding the, the development of the healthcare system uh, in Nigeria and the potential of uh, technologies that could drive the situation for the better? Technology can be used in so many ways. We can we can we can leverage technology to to veer into so many aspects of of healthcare that are really in short um, supply of attention right now. Digital health right now is not a priority. As a matter of fact, people, are, the government, everybody looking towards having real-time solutions for problems. What uh, actually got you interested in uh, technology, in blockchain and AI, given that you're an MD? I, first of all, I discovered the blockchain technology several years ago about 2016. Then as a student, I was still looking for some way of investing. And what was 
predominant there in the African setting where a lot of Ponzi schemes. And there I discovered Bitcoin. I asked myself what Bitcoin was. And from there I searched, I did some research, I saw blockchain technology. Then came the boom of the ICOs. And I thought that, okay, if um, projects can start like this, if you have an idea and it's feasible to make an impact, why not put it to the crypto community to see if they can fund you? Because funding for healthcare in Nigeria, if it's not the government, it's very, very rich individuals. And it's not enough for Nigeria at the moment, given the rate Nigeria is growing. The two major concerns we had, uh, medical tourism and brain drain, and the factors that were motivated, the, the motivating factors for both of these were lack of equipment and underfunding. So if we can put those two leveraging on blockchain to raise funds, we can actually begin to keep these professionals at home as a startup, starting from, we may start from a few and increase. And if we hopefully get the kind of funding we, we hope for, it may be big enough to create an impact. If I go back just a little bit to the digital health or innovative healthcare solutions in Nigeria, two interesting that I found are Flying Doctors Nigeria, which have a 10-year uh, tradition in emergency services, also flying around the country, or uh, Life Bank, which is providing medical supplies that are needed. So it's a digital platform for easy access to medical supply by uh, medical professionals. Um, do you have any experiences or knowledge about these two solutions or... Uh, any other that have a longer tradition? I know of flying doctors, but again, I always have this um, challenge with having very big ideas that, that are dependent on a very small fraction of the population. So many or the larger population of Nigerians live under a dollar. So flying doctors very good initiative, but only can be afforded by the very rich, the political class, which makes only a tiny, a fraction of the total population of Nigeria. Our solutions will have to come down to the grassroots. It has to be very physical, like encouraging doctors to sit back, um, computers to connect to professionals in other countries, using AI, AR and virtual reality to train more doctors. Those are feasible ideas, in my opinion. We have to come back down to the grassroots. Nigeria has 190 million uh, people. It's actually the largest economy in Africa, right? So um, I'm kind of wondering what is the state of innovation, uh, you know, from the young people? How many entrepreneurs or uh, developers do you have? Because um, this is an assumption based on some other countries, but it's a fact that a lot of things are happening that are not that expected from from the Western perspective. Currently, we have we have lots of developers in the country. Generally, I can't give you a clear cut figure of developers in blockchain, but early enough, we had only two blockchain developers. 
Um, so we had to partner with another company, another Western company. We partnered with them to help us with the development of the blockchain aspect of our idea. So we're not just working purely as Nigerians. We are working in collaboration with um, other bigger companies that understand the dynamics of blockchain technology better than we do. What about uh, in a more general sense, you know, on a country level, uh, do you see a very vibrant uh, developing scene? Recently, I saw I saw an article from Gulf Chain. Gulf Chain mentioned Nigeria to be one of the adopters of blockchain technology in relation to um, skeptics and critics of the technology. That was the three categories they used. It means Nigeria is actually. I think there are lots of there are lots of opportunities. It's always interesting, you know, to look from the Western perspective uh, or compare uh, the countries in in Africa. Because if you if you read what's going on in Rwanda, you know, you get a sense that everybody's using Babylon, the UK based uh, app for diagnostics uh, through a mobile phone um, and through an AI-assisted bot and that drones are flying around because there's a successful startup that's uh, delivering medical supplies with drones. So, you know, that's what I meant uh, before when I said what kind of different uh, problems and solutions are uh, entrepreneurs in Africa or Nigeria looking at. Is there anything that you would like to add there, perhaps? Um, yes, you will not find so many entrepreneurs look into healthcare in Nigeria for so many reasons. That's partly because the healthcare generally is looks rather like a sacred tradition. Not many um, entrepreneurs know enough to want to touch anything in healthcare. There may be, like there are several startups in fintech and other aspects of um, using technology to solve problems in Nigeria and Africa. But Nimedix is just the only coming from, or the only startup trying to leverage that technology in healthcare, not many people know enough in, I think, to want to go into healthcare in, in Nigeria. Do you plan on staying in the medical practice or do you have other plans in a more entrepreneurial uh, direction? No, I, I will always stay in the medical practice. I think it's actually the best place to be. At the moment, I have over 200 million people. Actually, if I can successfully get my products in their face, I think it's a big enough market to want to stray away from. Uh, in as much as I, I love medicine, I love what I do, I don't think I want to move anywhere else. I'm going to stay in medicine. You've been listening to Faces of Digital Health. To explore other episodes, go to www.facesofdigitalhealth.com and stay tuned to hear about Rwanda in the next episode.